Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Zoinks, this week on The Pinball Show, Dennis and I make fun of teenagers. Dennis gets in a situation that leaves him with a case of blue nugs. We update everyone on the Stern Pinball production schedule as well as look into the future. We also dive deeper into the ever-evolving pinball industry marketplace and changes in how games are sold. For those exclusive TPS members, we discuss Dutch pinball and their future. And we round out episode 135, of course, with pinball market trends. Let's crow! Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's Pinball with personality. What's happening? It's the Pinball Show. Welcome back. It's episode 135, Dennis. You hear all these people? They're raving. Woo! Ta-ta. Oh, <laughs> raven, raven, not ravens. Oh, they're, Oops. Yeah, that's right. I get, they're screaming. I get confused. They're, they're throwing beads at us. Should show them beads. our niblets. Mardi Gras? <laughs> When's Fat Tuesday? Not the beads. Not the beads. Not the oh, beads. Wait. Oh, I'm, everything's blending together in my, in my head. <laughs> How are you, my friend? I'm fine. Oh. You know, last week, people loved that Children's Demolition Derby talk. Did they? They did. We got good mm. feedback from that. And you know what? The exclusive Pinball Show Patreon members on our Discord recently got to see a visual of it just to show. It wasn't fabricated by myself. Uh, you've seen the picture, Dennis. I sent a picture to yes. our, our yes. TPS members. And the visual is almost even better than the story that I put out there. Oh, you see the storm coming in. <laughs> you see that that one poor little boy with his too small of a power wheels. It's good stuff. People loved it. People loved it. it just goes to show you, Dennis, and listener, that a podcast about pinball, you know what? It uh, can be entertaining, too. It's okay. On occasion. Buckle up into your power wheel. Let's go. What have you been up to this last week? Oh, uh, well, as you knew from the last episode, I wasn't allowed at that time to make it oh, public. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm changing jobs. So I am trying to wind everything. I'm working through the end of this month. And then next month, about halfway through, I'll start my new job. Congrats. So trying to wind Woo-hoo. everything. Well, thank you. Trying to wind everything down. Uh, it's tough being a, a small organization. So booking job interviews for my replacement and trying to square away, like write a guide and, and let people know what the path is in terms of how I've been leading the organization. They can decide if they want to follow that or not. But anyway, so yeah, it's seeten into a lot of time, but uh, I'll, I'll soon be free of it. I just, the path to Din Din. Didn't we title a previous episode 310 to Din The use of the word we there is interesting. I don't really get input on the titles, so you probably did. My last week has been surrounded with work and you guys probably if you follow flipping out pinball we've been moving a lot of games in and out lately taking a lot of trade-ins and that's because i get to announce this dennis uh we have 
a full-time employee now. Uh, other than Greg? Yes, other than Greg's working part-time, but... Uh, oh, uh, yeah. That's but, smart, so you don't have to give him benefits. <laughs> Very clever. <laughs> full-time Sorry, Greg. employee of, uh, of uh, Tim. Tim is my father. He is working full-time for us now, helping with shipping and freight, and uh, we're going to be able, at Flipping Out Pinball, to increase our shipping and freight of used pinball machines now that we have his assistance before I didn't have the time to properly wrap them and pallet and all this, all this jargon. So, uh, so we'll be able to get probably cheaper shipping rates now for used games. So he's joining us. He retired from the local university here and he was happy to, to come aboard and work full time. And I was like, it's your dad. You want, you want to make, you want to make things cushy for him. Right. Yeah. He's probably, yeah. He's probably like, all right, let's, we got to discuss the pay son. That's right. Who I raised. So are you hiring your mom to do like board repair or what? Uh, she's still a business owner herself. So I don't know. I don't think she'll ever quit that, but I would be happy to I'd tell the more the merrier. Why not? It's, it is weird though. Having your dad come to you for, for like direction and, and what he's supposed to be doing next. It, it is an odd dynamic. I will say that, uh, but I think it's going to work well. So we're really excited to have him. And besides that, it's just been uh, children. I have too many kids, Dennis. They're, not they it's as if they multiply because they got these friends and then the friends come over and 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 typically i like i love my kids and i like kids in general yeah typically you do yeah yeah, i i'm not much of a uh i don't like other kids as much as i like my kids so and my Mm. kids annoy the hell out of me so other kids really annoy the hell out of me but they have Mm. friends over you know it's been the summer before school starts and everything and i've noticed some trends lately that i find pretty damn problematic and i'm going to tell the listeners here uh-oh. Uh, Are they going to have to get off your lawn? What's going on? It's Oh, man, it's getting to that oh, point. I'm getting worried. Uh, my oldest daughter is, uh, she's such a sweetheart. She's 13, and 13-year-old girls are, they're a, they're a treat, let me tell you. Whew. Teenagers in general, middle school age children, they're trying to figure out their identity, right? They're wanting to be perceived by their peers in a certain way. You remember middle school? I For me, it was like, Jinkos, uh, it was Billabong shirts. Yeah, I had some of those. Uh, those do you remember, like the really colorful pants, like the splatter pants yeah, style. Yeah. I, I think I had. I think I went through that phase okay. in middle school. A I was the bit. kind of those MC pants. No, I never had Jinkos, but they were super popular. Yeah. But wearing baggy clothes was really big for us in the nineties. Like uh, yeah, I had, a, I think I had oversized jerseys. t-shirts and yeah. and stuff and starter jackets. Starter jackets. Oh, for I had the a starter win. jacket. Absolutely. But so we looked like ass as kids. I get that. Yeah. You know, Uh, but now that I'm older, Mm -hmm. I can watch these middle school kids and make fun of them for looking like ass too. Mm, the judgment. I see. Wow. Absolutely. I'm I'm old. The problem is for me that middle school age children, I don't know, 11 to 14. uh, The problem is that their perception is still in its infancy. You know, we're left with like this exaggerated presentation that really are nothing like the image that they're just so desperately trying to emulate to others. Okay, so this is your psychological interpretation of the of the age range, broadly speaking, yeah, almost, guess, a, so, I, almost I a sociological interpretation. I guess so. I guess you say okay. just I thought it was just mere observation. But yeah, um, I find, though, that I'm sitting here observing this. I'm like, oh, buddy, you're way off base. I know what you're trying to do, but Wow. Not even swinging a miss there, but they don't have resources and stuff. So I get it. Um, then again, it doesn't really matter at all because 
the teenage girls, they're rapidly developing during middle school, out of control hormones. So they're seeing the very skewed male counterparts as precisely, I think, what those boys are trying to go for, which everybody, everything is skewed. And then the teenage boys don't care because their maturity levels that of like a 1960s gag toy, like a whoopee cushion or like a chattering walking teeth. They're just, they're idiots. And they're too engrossed in Fortnite to even know the difference. Uh, what mm, I'm so, getting at. Okay, so you've tied in the Fortnite. Okay. What I'm getting at is this. Why is the current style of young adolescent boys in particular? Because girls just as sociologically, girls are just girls. They're, our society doesn't do the best job uh, of of maybe better than in the past, but in some situations worse, that body image kind of stuff. We, we've been through that. We understand the trends of girls. But boys are just odd and weird. They go through fads that make no sense to me. Why is it that the current style of young adolescent boys is akin to that of a grandma? Have you noticed this? Have you been out to where the kids hang out I, at the I malls? I don't think I stuff? see enough of the like. I haven't been getting the the you know the Walker vibe. They're little grandmas, man, and in particular, their hairstyle they're going for now is perms. Okay, now I knew about I knew about this. Did this you know is, about the, per, the the boys yes, are getting yeah, perms? It's been on trend for I think a few oh, years now. But goodness. we like had the bowl cuts and stuff. Yeah, but these are horrendous. Every oh. child that you see coming in and out of that school, every boy has like a bouffant of curly hair. <laughs> yeah, little little Patrick Mahomes like, running around. Yes, like little tight curl. I'm like, what? At least comb it out a little bit, brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh i didn't know that your direction here was going to be judging the hairstyle okay i'm waiting for some of the boys to just leave their rollers in like what are you guys <laughs> doing and they have this gaudy jewelry too and even rings like gold rings what are you what are you musky perfume when you walk into these areas they're grandmas they're little bitty grandmas walking around their shorts are shorter than that of their the, the girls they got these short shorts on i'm waiting for some of them maybe carrying clutches what is going on? I'm waiting for him to start wearing pearls and those. Remember those chains that hold the eyeglasses? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Care for yes. a butterscotch, Mister Minnie? That's the boys that my daughter is hanging out with. Mm. What the fuck is going on with adolescent males? <sighs> it's. I guess it's just the trend now. To show him a Rambo movie or something. What? So yeah, that's what. That's where my headspace has been lately. Is making fun of. <laughs> preview bets and boys well i mean <laughs> if you have to bully someone i guess impressionable young people is maybe not the oh, pick i'd have gone with dude, but dude i swear to god if one of them comes out with a walker and like, i think it a, would be funny if one of them offers you a butterscotch but I, now i i'm kind of envisioning like i wonder if, when i go into retirement if i could get like one of them bathrobes but it's a starter bathrobe <laughs> Will, will Jinko make make our make uh, special shuffleboard pants for us? I don't know. We were we were out to eat. And my son and I were making fun of these boys, and he's eighteen now. We were making fun of him, and uh, he's an old soul. So when I mentioned the butterscotch, I'm like, I'm waiting for one of these damn kids to offer me a butterscotch. He goes, Whoa, whoa. He's like, I actually like butterscotch. So let's uh, leave that out of our parody here. It's been eighty four days. That's right. Because they're so young. Because <laughs> they're so young. I love the follow-up there. Yes. Just in case you didn't get why I changed it. Well, your your observations have been far more in-depth than mine have been lately. Sorry though this weekend, that. just yesterday, yesterday from the day of recording, Zach, mm -hmm. 
so I decided to get lunch. So I do. I like to do Congratulations. a. Well, thank you. I know it's a big accomplishment. <laughs> I, I feel like an adult now. I shall uh, get lunch. I shall. I was like, I shall get lunch. So I typically in the mornings on Saturday, I actually live stream for my wristwatch YouTube. Oh, nice. so to be consistent, you know, you want to, you know, you want to be predictable. Sure. Uh, so, so I bet that's just one of the few times I have available is in the morning on Saturdays because mm-hmm. I do all this other crap. Yeah, I get so it. anyway, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to walk down and get some, get some, get my chicken nugs. I'm going to get my nugs, oh, not from nugs. McDonald's, a local, local business. Local so, nugs. Now, yeah, well, and they weren't really nuggets; they were chicken strips. But anyway, doesn't matter. So I place the order online because you can, and I say I'm going to pick it up in 25 minutes because I'm going to walk. It's a little over a mile, so okay. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to walk. I'm going to go. Like yeah, it. I'm going to go. It's hot out though; it's already 90. And do I'm you like, eat ah, there not- once you get there. No. Do you bring? No, them- I'm going to walk it back. My plan oh, to- that day was I'm going to walk it back. Okay, I-, I could eat there, but that wasn't the plan. So I'm going down there. I got my order placed. I go and I get there and I see the open sign isn't on, hmm. even though I was able to place it. But their car's there. Okay. And then I see there's a sign on the door and it says interior closed for renovations, drive through open. Hmm. I'm like, okay, well, but I'm a human being, not now a car. you're in a sticky situation. Yeah, I'm, in a, I'm in a situation. I'm like, okay. And there's a queue of cars there. I'm like, I'm really not comfortable like standing oh, and walking through. I, I, no, line. no way. I, I think too, I would have. Too embarrassed. Plus, I'm worried like if one person just doesn't pay any attention, I'm going to get hit. <laughs> They're going to pin you in between. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, it's not a good way to go, Zach. It's not a good way. So I thought, all right. Ankle bender. You know what? I'm like, I'm, I'm overthinking this. I just need to call and have them bring the food out. Right. They're, so, they're making the food in there anyway yeah so i actually walk to the reserved parking spot to pick up the food and i stand in a little <laughs> parking spot and i get out my phone and i call and no one answers they let it go <gasps> to voicemail bad. didn't you already pre-order this thing yeah i did so i called two more times voicemail did voicemail. you honk your horn <laughs> i they couldn't hear my little I have a horn for ants. I love your Italian horn. It was Italian a horn, horn for ants. So I finally, I was just like, all right, I can't get them to answer the phone to cancel the, there's like five cars. I'm going to be standing in line in the sun waiting if oh, I even yeah. want to do that. Uh, mm. On the asphalt, there's no shade. It's just all out exposed. <laughs> so I just was like, I, I don't know what else to do. I jogged home, got no. my car. Came back, got my food and told them, you know, you guys don't have anything saying that the that the building's closed until you get here. Like it's not said. I checked my email with my confirmation. I checked their website. You didn't say anything. You bent. And then you pulled a Karen thinking that they gave a fuck. I I said it really nice to the worker because it's not the worker's fault. I got home and then I pulled a Karen and I emailed the owner. There it is. Yes. And I said, look, absolutely. you don't have anything informing anyone that they, and maybe it's not a big deal because most of the people probably aren't going to walk a mile in <laughs> 90 like, plus heat. It's like humans but, don't walk anymore. What but, are you talking uh, about? But just FYI, you don't have anything unless you show up saying that your dining room's closed and that wouldn't be a problem if people would answer your phone, but they're not. Why didn't you go bang on the window? I, I could have just walked in, quite frankly. I can't believe you walked back a whole mile. No. No, because I'm like, well, because then there's a whole, they've got signs up and the, the literally there's just like construction workers and everything's torn up. So I'm like, I don't know if there's a liability issue if I walk in here. <laughs> there's, de- there's, de- I mean, there's just debris everywhere. It's just like 
It's true, like construction debris. It wasn't like they just moved some tables. This stuff was all torn up. See, I would have so walked like, right. I would have cut yeah, in front I'm sure of you the drive sure through. And like I was like, you know what? No, there. no, I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm going to follow their. I'm going to obey their sign, and then I'm going to complain. And so, so I got an email back, and the owner was like, "I'm, I'm really sorry that I'm sorry, Karen, that we didn't." <laughs> do you tell, I don't know. He was, he it was polite. He was like, "If you give me your address, I'll, I'll mail you a check to refund your meal." And I just wrote back and I said, "I don't want a refund. I just want you to notify people when you have your dining room closed." <laughs> I'm not, I'm not mad. getting my address. I'm ashamed. I'm not. I, I got my food. I don't want. I ain't doing this for. I think. I think he's probably thinking, "Oh yeah, there's another person wanting a free meal." Out. Oh, nope. I don't want no free meal. I don't. I ain't asking for no handouts. That's right. Just do more than some stupid sign put up in painter's tape. Some of us walk. Some of us walk for a living. Some of us walk and then run back in ninety degree heat. I made good time back too because I haven't been jogging in a while. I was afraid my hip wouldn't be up for it. But most Americans would drop trow and taking a shit right at that parking lot. They would have. You know how Americans are getting? They're horrible people. Mm. Oh. It can be rough, but no, I, I, you know, it's not the Good workers' fault. I don't even know if they could hear their phone, so it's like, yeah, but, but, but figure it out. To, figure it out. <sighs> you're the owner. Figure it out. Well, I'm glad that your chicken nuggies were warmer since you drove. You see back. that? That's the other thing. I was like, well, they're going to be plenty warm, but the fries, of course, were soggy. So I said, on a scale from one to ten, one hmm. being cool as a cucumber, ten being a spicy little pepper. What vegetable were you in anger? Well, it depends at the, it depends at different points in the, in the journey. Oh, did you stub your toe or anything? You right. really I, I was like, I was probably at about jalapeno when I arrived. Ooh. So not too spite, not that's too bad, pretty, that's still but I was getting close to, but when I was in line, cause I had to sit in line with all these people ordering food yeah. to tell the window through the speaker that I'm there for a pickup order because I couldn't call in. I was almost up to ghost pepper at that point. Yep. That's a, that's a broken system because I I've turned off the air systems. in my car because the windows are down. I'm waiting and waiting. And then the person in front of me is one. They have a sign with the menu before the, another sign with the menu with the speaker and all these people pull up and they see the first sign and they just sit there talking about what they want without placing. I'm like, it's a chicken place. Order your chicken or the chicken. Get out of the way. Is your chicken oh free range? And they're all like, oh, I don't know what I want. I'm like, yes, you do. You want what you always get. All you people are the same. Get your chicken strips and your regular fry. The place used to post stats online. They're like, we offer like 12 different sides. 85% of our side sales are regular French fries. Like, that's that's yeah, right. No, duh. The slaw has Bruh. been sitting there for a month. My God. If it was any hard, hotter and I'd sweat anymore, I think my hair would have permed. Oh, see? I would love to see you with a perm, my friend. I got me some butterscotch. Hi, <laughs> <Hi> there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't do. Well, I can't I remember his, his name. What was the his, Family Guy? I, I was gonna say creepy, creepy little name. old guy. He's <laughs> got that wish of voice. <laughs> it's true. Do you think Craig Bobby's ever had a perm back in the day? Yeah, I don't know. That's so cold up there in Canada. And he has to disguise himself as so many. I wonder when he was a teenager, like when he's trying to be like a mahogany table, did he just like come across as like, <laughs> I don't know, some sort of card table or Ikea thing that was misassembled? <laughs> you know, he's like, I bet I really look like I'm in disguise. And it's like, um, no, no one has an ottoman, Craig. Yeah. But, You're not the flutes and gooden. <laughs> Let's hear what the old flutes and gutens got today. 
Hello and welcome back to the Pinball Show's Top Stories. I'm Craig Bobby. Well, a bit of a slower news cycle this episode as the pinball hobby goes from a time of what felt like endless rumors and new game announcements to a time of hunkering down and going into build mode, which is unfortunately the less glamorous but oh-so-critical part of the production process. Yes, it's a time of going from looking good on paper and pulling in all those orders to actually building units and getting them to eager customers in a reasonable amount of time. It's also a time that generally tests potential buyers' patience as that precious pinball FOMO that fuels so many decisions begins to slowly slip away with every passing month a manufacturer takes to fill demand. Speaking of slipping away, fear not Stern and Jeremy Packer, aka Zombie Yeti art fans, it's looking like Stern Pinball is officially locking Packer down as he starts working for the man officially over at Stern Pinball effectively now locking him up from the competition as they make him an official Stern employee. Now let's be honest, since his first foray into the world of pinball with his art packages on Ghostbusters back in 2016, Yeti has become an instant fan favorite and mainstay art contractor for Stern, so really, Zombie Yeti becoming a full-time employee with Stern is like hearing about your good friends finally getting married after dating for eight years. What the heck took you so long? As most of our Loyal listeners know Jeremy has gone on to create such iconic and award-winning art designs for great stern titles such as Primus, Deadpool, Iron Maiden, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Avengers Infinity Quest, Godzilla, and his newest art package with the comic book version of Marvel's Venom. And according to Jeremy's most recent interview on the Loser Kid podcast, there's lots more to come in 2024 with what we assume are Keith Elwin-based projects. Jeremy fanned the rumor flames further by hinting that Elwin may have more than two games coming out in the next 12 months. Say what? Well, whatever it is, we just can't wait to see what's up next from Zombie Yeti. Now let's flip over next to Spooky Pinball as we got our first ever live stream of the company's newest game, Scooby-Doo, which was hosted by Spooky employee Bug on the Twitch streaming platform. The game was streamed with the updated newest code, including the brand new Daphne mode, but what was interesting was seeing Bug wearing an Indigo Montoya Princess Bride t-shirt on the stream, providing a hiding in plain sight easter egg for what could be Spooky next title, or was Bug simply trolling would-be fans of the movie who would love to see this movie license in pinball form? <laughs> <laughs> just crazy. And lastly, we have word courtesy of Nap Arcade that Netherlands-based boutique pinball manufacturer Dutch Pinball has started a new partnership with Lior Rajwan from The Art of Pinball. They announced this week that Lior and his company, The Art of Pinball, have become the official supplier for all sculpts and toys for Dutch's The Big Lebowski Pinball Machine and other future projects. Maybe for the upcoming Matrix pinball machine that Dutch is rumored to be possibly making in 2024. Besides the sculpts and toys for Lebowski, the Art of Pinball will also design a variety of new mods for the game, including what looks to be a new official topper. Of course, only blurred images were released so far, so you guessed it, we shall have to wait and see. Ooh, 
so much going on in the world of pinball these days. Even when it's slow, there's always exciting things to report on. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Well, thank you, Craig, for all those Kawasai updates. Yeah, he he, he, he did went, what he could with what we have. Born there, talked yeah. about Yeti, some Scoobies, some mm-hmm. Freaky Deaky Dutch, but he didn't talk about the Stern Pinball production updates. I wonder why. Maybe he was leaving that, deferring it, as you will, to you. I mean, I've heard that production updates trends is more palatable to people than market trends. I wouldn't say that anything can touch pinball market trends, but this is well, close. Well, I know you wouldn't because it's like you're, it's like the time you, you're, you're like a miner and you felt like you struck gold. I certainly was weaving it. Uh, what yeah. the hell was I weaving? No, I was, gold? you know, I was kind of tying this back into Goat kind turns. of a, there will be blood. <laughs> and you're like, there will be market trends. <laughs> I'll drink your butterscotch <laughs> milkshake. Uh, oh, I bet butterscotch milkshake would be pretty no, good. No, it's not. Butterscotch is like the shit what? version of good caramel. Do you realize that? It is. I go well, caramel. I don't even know why I said caramel. Because you've got money now, so you probably, <laughs> so you probably refer to your vases as vases. That's the difference between a vase and a vase is how oh, much you care if it breaks. Damn, I can't top it. Let's talk about the Stern Production updates. Fucking nailed that, Dennis. Jurassic Park Pro and Foo Fighter Premiums were shipping the last couple of weeks. And I don't know if anything's going to ship over the next couple of weeks because they still have boom, boom, the move. The move. So is the move now underway? Because we're basically in the middle of August. Believe it or not, the move. Here's your update. The move has moved. What? <laughs> yes. The inception of move. The move is the end of August now. Oh, yeah. So they said a couple weeks and that was last week in the 20s, like the 25th or something. I don't know when they're moving. Okay. They still have a week or so before they move. So I think they're packing up, you know. Uh, Now, what does that mean for Venom Pro that's scheduled to come out at the end of August? Does it stay that way or does it uh, get bumped into beginning of September? I don't know. They're still saying end of August. Mid-September, Venom LE followed by Venom Premium in late September. They haven't changed any of that. Still sticking to October runs of Deadpool Pro and Premium, as well as a small run of Foo Fighters Pro and Premium. We heard on the last pinball show that November to December now have a Godzilla Premium run, and December we are going to get James Bond 007 Pro and Premium, but they have expressed a large likelihood, Dennis, that this could get bumped. The whole James Bond Pro and Premium could be bumped entirely until not only 2024, but Q3 of 2024. Oh, that, nearly a year. You know what? I'm kind of, I'm my magic mm. rush ball is telling me oh, as I no. shake it that uh, 2024 might be the end of James Bond then. Oh. That's what the, that's what the rush get ball says. Get the smell says. of salt. Ray Day's down. Ray, <laughs> come back to us. It's like, why is Canada not buying enough of my stuff? <laughs> He's convulsing. So yeah, the James Bond, either they're going to run it in December or they're going to bump it until Q3 of 2024, which further reinforces my fantasy that something else is coming November, December. I just... Uh, 
feel no, my plums, man. It's, Why not just make more Godzilla premiums in December if there's not enough Bond demand? Because there's still the, I mean, Godzilla premiums like the one game that I there's, know, you know, there are people know. still backordered on. But I would say that uh, some of the some of the other dealers around the country probably are caught up on Godzilla premium. Yeah, but they're caught up on their brush expression lighting too. Oh, let's not even what. <laughs> let's what. Not. What? Listener. What did I this say? This is why Dennis is one of my best what? friends. Because he knows. He knows how to poke. And not only he twists. What? A poke I, and a poking. twist. I'm the second nicest person in this hobby. 2024 Star Wars Mandalorian. I wonder if we're going to get a, a, Soka, a Soka pinball. When's I wonder coming? if there will be. We'll see how good the, the show is. I'm looking forward to it. Well, they Hey, they had to put their bets down on Mandalorian before they knew it was good. Yeah. I, in a lot of ways, did, they did. Did they? They really did. Wasn't in a lot there of some? Ways. Well, I guess the modes that could yeah, because be, they yeah. remember when they were I doing mean, the art packages, they were leaving spaces, and Lucasfilm yeah. saying like, eh, "You may want to leave a space there. Oh, mm, she's about to get true. canceled. That's true. Uh, that's you know? true. So, well, I mean, here's the here's the thing, and I feel bad about this now because I do it for all the Disney properties, even though they're not Star Wars related, but. I'm at the point where I'm just kind of, I get done with something, and even though I don't like it, I just go, well, it's better than Book of Boba Fett. Poor Boba Fett. I'm like, did you see it? Beeple, beeple. Oh, I don't think I it wish. was horrible. It was bad. It <sighs> was bad. It was bad in a okay. lot of ways, Zach. The only good thing about it were the two episodes without Bubba Fett, because they were Mandalorian episodes. Those were really good episodes. Though. They were but he's not, Those it's no great. Bubba Fett in it. So you're, you're like, yeah. can we count them? Okay. And I don't think you can count them. I did kind of that, forget that I've seen it. Yeah. He recruited right. a Vespa biker gang. <laughs> With different colored Vespa. A Vespa. The Vespa. Fair enough. I, ho- the, hopefully. I what know, do you, I, anyone who rides a Vespa immediately wants to go out for gelato. They don't go around like don't wrangling knock, street crime. Gelato. So yeah. refreshing, the gelato. That's why they do it mm-hmm. on their fun Vespas. A lemon Gelato. There's nothing like it. A palate cleanser. What do you think of butterscotch gelato? It's bullshit. It just wants to be caramel. Mm. <laughs> okay, I don't typically do this, but I'm going to give these listeners, these wonderful, beautiful, gorgeous listeners, the pinball show, a little sneak peek into 2024. Don't make them stand in 90 degree heat after walking <laughs> a mile. Nuggies. Give them a nug. So we know that 2024, they get Star Wars and Mandalorian at some point. Well, did you know that in Q2 of 2024, they're planning on the next run of Foo Fighter Pros? I did not know that. Ooh, that's a long way from now till then for Foo Fighter Pros. It is, but I've noticed a number seem to be available right now, so that might not be that bad of a problem. Very true. Come Q3 of 2024, Godzilla Pro is going to make their next run. Uh, About a year. We're not going to see Godzilla Pro for another year. Yeah. Okay. And then what about this one? Q4 2024. That is more than a year away or virtually about a year away. Jurassic Park Pro. Because they just finished uh, making some of those, right? They did. Just started uh, and everybody. We, we talked about that on the last episode. They were like in production. So that's where, and we've talked about it before, Dennis, for these listeners, we get to this point where even the most popular titles that sell really well, we're going to see them as probably a bulk run once a year. It's what we've mm-hmm. seen for Deadpool. Sure. So, uh, it but makes of course we've got, we've got other new game announcements that are going to happen from Stern in 2024. What do you think about Stern's productions? Cause I know this is a little weird, but what do you think when we're in the production updates, what do you think about them and their games next mm. year? Like, I think they're going to be back to the three cornerstones in 2024. I completely agree. 
for for me because parts are more readily available because they're able to produce at a higher rate than they were in the past even more so probably when they get the new factory up and running uh, i think that we're not going to see as much of a catalog presence as we have before i think they're going to hold out probably four to five catalog titles and they're going to run them once a year uh, like they did Deadpool, like they did last year for Elvira. We're going to see more of that, even on titles like Godzilla or Foo Fighters. We might only see them run once a year, even if they are popular, uh, to balance out the uh, inventory of their dealers around the world. I also agree with you. I think that what they're going to focus on more of is the new games coming out. I think 2024, we're going to see more new games and new products from Stern Pinball than we have since before the pandemic. That's what I think. I think they're going to focus on, okay, now that everybody's got their taste of the catalog games, we can start drowning their torches and uh, kicking them off the island, such as uh, Iron Maiden, now Last Call. They're done making it. No more run. It isn't even really a Last Call. They're done with Iron Maiden. Oh, okay. I thought Last Call was going to mean that there'd be one more batch. Nope. Last Call. It's saying whatever the dealers have, is what there's going to be. We are not making mm. Iron Maiden anymore, and we are not going to make Avengers Infinity Quest anymore. Two Keith Elwin games. Okay, that's really interesting, because I, separate from this show, I actually did have someone email email me asking about Jurassic Park, mm. and I had interpreted that last call would probably mean there'd be one more run people could get in on, but I guess uh, just be aware that if there's a last call, it could just be, I get what the inventory is out there. So don't that's think right. that there's one more chance to get a brand new build. That's exactly right. Yeah. And okay. that's why they were giving us a heads up because they know that dealers do have Iron Maidens and Avengers in stock right now. So they're saying, hey guys, uh, just letting everybody know that we're not making these anymore. So what you've got, you've got. Sell, sell, sell. Now, does that mean that they, I, I don't ever know what that means. They could still re-up it in the future. Sure, sure, of course. Five years, they, ago, who knows? But they, I remember they vaulted uh, Star Trek. Like yeah, it felt like a month voyage. after they discontinued yeah. it. So it the, was weird. You know, they can always do this. But keep in mind that they have distinctly told us dealers, we have no intention on making Iron Maiden or Avengers anymore in the future. Mm-hmm. We're done with it. Sure. Well, you got new stuff. You got to move on at some point. So, yeah, I think they're going to focus on three cornerstones next year and an additional either studio run or like Kapow or Vault or something. I think we're going to get at least at minimum four new products, new meaning even a Vault being a new, but four new products from Stern in 2024. They're going to pump a lot of them out and then they're going to move on to the next thing. Much more efficient. I see Stern next year. And they're going to keep trying to pump out accessories, I think, question mark. This last week, James Bond armor has finally been shipping. It was separated from the other accessories for some reason. So James Bond armor is shipping uh, this past week as well as will continue to ship. And Iron Maiden Aces High Topper, that finally, that damn topper, Mm, is is now shipping. Now, does that mean that uh, they shipped enough to fulfill all the dealer's orders? No, of course not. When are they going to make them again? Fuck if I know. <laughs> I'm not bitter. We also got a surprise batch. Speaking of uh, butterscotch bitterness, we got a surprise batch of Rush Expression lighting kits that was been shipping. But those weren't wow. supposed to come till November, Dennis. Wow, this is really exciting. Wow, all caught up. Oh well, exciting for some. <laughs> all caught up if you're a small distributor. Oh man, just twist and jab. 
What? Put some butterscotch just, in there. Just tell it like it, it is, just like my grandma and her butterscotch always told me before she'd insult me. I wonder if you can cauterize a wound with butterscotch, melted butterscotch. Uh, with enough heat, I'm sure you can cauterize just about anything. So for those of you who didn't get your Rush Expression lighting kits yet, uh, my apologies on behalf of Stern Pinball. They are still having trouble keeping up Maybe with the demand or the parts, I don't know. They haven't expressed or communicated what the holdup has been and continues to be. Uh, so I, I just simply don't know. As to when they're going to build more Rush Expression lighting kits, I've asked and I'm waiting response. I don't know. Um, I, I hope in November when they still plan on doing the topper. Uh, I'm hoping this was just an additional nice little squeeze run instead of a replacement from uh, upcoming November. But I don't know. This month, we also should still be seeing Elvira toppers coming out. Mm. So for those of you interested in the Elvira topper, call your dealer or hell, better yet, call me, Flippin' Out Pinball. Text me, 812-457-9711, or email me, Zach, Z-A-C-H, at FlippinOutPinball.com, and get on the list so you can secure one today. Bye, bye, bye! October, Avengers assemble to make some toppers. But well, they're probably done with those now, too. Why continue making toppers if you've discontinued the game? I'll get 50 of them now. <laughs> Just no, wait. Just, no. Just wait. No. Uh, give them to Zach. He'll take them. November, second run of Rush Toppers and Expression Lighting is a question mark, as I've said. In Q1 of 2024, we get that second run of Godzilla Toppers. Golden Plume Edition. Mm-hmm. All your favorite part of the show, Dennis. There's a code update mm-hmm. from Stern Pinball this last week. James Bond version 0.95.0. It's getting close. It's close. It's getting close. Which is going to arrive first, the discontinuation of this game or 1.0 code? Ouch, man. Maybe I'm just I'm just telling it like it is. You know what? That that's contention for joke of the episode. There, I don't know. It was Could okay. But it, was, it was also really obvious. So I'm not particularly proud of this one. I don't know. It was pretty pretty clever there. What else is clever? I found is a bunch of what they're putting in this code. People are still raving about this game. <laughs> I had to do it. Now. Yeah, that's fine. Point nine five. It's getting closer, and a lot more game enhancements have come. Uh, to this game. People are saying it's sneaking into a top game contender. I, I still don't have enough time on it, I guess. I You've owned one forever. I remember no, you it, having one of the pros out at when we did the pinball awards. Yeah, but those are, I don't have any in the showroom right now. Mm. I don't have any use. I don't, yeah, we don't have anything right now. But they've added a wizard mode. Okay. Goldfinger's jackpot. Other enhancements include topper effects. Additional polish, game adjustments, bug fixes. Additional polish just makes me think they just sent everyone a bottle of Novus. There you go. Sign it up. That's right. Zombie Yeti, he was interviewed on the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. Did you hear that one yet? I did. Mm. I was surprised to hear that uh, old Jeremy Packer joined the Stern Pinball team as an official full-time employee now. Yeah, you know, it makes a lot of sense given the sure. number of projects he's been doing. So I, I hadn't really thought whether or not he would. I guess I thought perhaps Stern, other than their, you know, Greg should, and, the, right? and the art, art, you know, managing the artists. I didn't know whether or not they were happy with the like 1099 model instead. But hmm. yeah, they like uh, corny dad jokes over there. So they pulled him on full time. Sure. Well, I, guess I mean, he's known for that. Uh, I mean, when even his whatever your opinion is in the rankings, whatever you might think of as his worst art package is still seen as drastically superior to <laughs> so many other art 10. packages. Yeah. It's like uh, I mean, kind of a no brainer, but yeah. So 
He's going to be there full time, which makes me as an enthusiast very happy because his art stands out above the rest in the best way possible. He did talk about other topics of discussion, so go listen to the Loser Kid Pinball podcast on that. I did find it interesting they they brought up Back to the Future because, you know, it's still the most sought-after title to be made uh, into pinball machines still. I think that is objectively number one, even more so than Jaws. But, you know, I only report the facts here. When asked about Back to the Future or future projects, he brought up Back to the Future. He said, quote, I would not do Back to the Future, end quote, which, whew, I got to tell you, um, made my stomach drop. Because when I hear an artist as good as Jeremy say that he would not do it if given the chance, wouldn't do it. Wouldn't not, be prudent. He's, he's a not going to do it. Thank <laughs> God that. Uh, he's he's a huge fan of the franchise, but he said, quote, I'm not the right guy for it. I know someone that would be better at it. Which made me then think, Dennis, well, he's kind of implying here that this thing is about to get done. Like, it, almost the assumption that it's, well, I know who's going to be doing it. So it, it shocked me. But then I think Jeremy is smart enough. This is my, you know, reading into behavioral cues way too too much. I think he realized then, oh, shit, I probably let the cat out of the bag a bit. So now I need to cover it up in some way that seems very casual. And then said, but then again, quote, Stern does not have back to the future. Trust me on that one. Hmm. So we shouldn't trust him. We, we, that's what I'm saying. Should, should, uh, should we trust him? So your, your thought is that he, he gave out too much information. And so his decision was then to lie. Um, lie is a strong word, um, uh, but uh, saying that they don't have it would, redirect. and if they do have it, it would be by definition a lie mm. if it is indeed held by them. Well, maybe Kapow has it. Oh, oh yeah. so you're thinking loophole uh, it. Maybe mm-hmm. they're in the process of obtaining it. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe Joey. But Dankberg's, we've been hearing this rumor for like 50 years now. I, I think I could see a picture. I, I could see a situation where Joey Dankberg said, uh, went to the different crews or at the meeting and said, hey, uh, let's talk about Back to the Future. This is something that everybody wants. We probably can't attain it. Here's the limitations. Here's my, how much it costs, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anybody interested art-wise if we did do this? Anybody interested designer-wise, coat, you know, all that stuff? And Jeremy probably said, no, um, I think this guy would be better for it or something. I could see that. So, eh, just saying. Okay. I don't know. I think it's warming up. I think... I think we're going to get a back to the future. I, mm. I think there's a 70% chance that they're going to royally fuck it up entirely, but I still think we're going to get one, even if it's a slot machine version. Uh, uh, slot machine version. Why would we, why would we count Meaning that? Meaning just watered down assets. Oh, okay. I see what you mean. I thought you yeah. meant literally like, I'm going to count back to the future being made if someone makes a slot machine. No, no. no. I was like, uh, why would we care? No. What did well, somebody, I'm going to count Pachinko while we're at it. Someone told me recently that the, the big license for slot machines recently was the NFL. And I'm like, eh, I don't see pinball doing NFL again. Maybe, eh, I don't see it. Dwight Sullivan, one of my favorite people in all of pinball. Dwight Sullivan was interviewed on the free play pinball podcast here exclusively on the pinball network. Go check that episode out. That was Dwight's always an entertainer. I love hearing he got me all hyped again for that damn code. I want venom now. I don't want to wait for it anymore. Hmm. Well, I guess you don't have to wait. Surprise. Oh, wait. oh, oh that's true. Here. Dwight's Just pulling look outside. in right I now. Know. Maybe it's there. What do you think Dwight drives? I think there's a good chance he drives a Prius. Um, hmm. No. No? I, 
Well, I mean, he could. I, I, I never really thought about what he drives. It's either a Toyota or a Honda. I just feel like he's an Accord drive. It's something. I like think that. he drives one of those classic VW buses. Mm. <laughs> that would be silly, man. And he's got a pair of uh, fuzzy twenty-sided dice <laughs> hanging from the rearview mirror. <laughs> that would be nerdy. He also talked about cookie sorrows. Yeah, that uh, was a, that was a. This cookie is like traumatized him. I, he's he's carrying a heavy, a heavy burden, a heavy burden of oatmeal and raisin. That's an example, not of only what I appreciate about that man, um, that he still holds on to things that he has guilt about, but that he remembers it still. Damn, he's a good dude. Go listen to that episode. Jersey Jack Pinball in the news this week. Let's see. Oh, I was titillated, Dennis. Mm. With uh, with seeing some social media from Jersey Jack Pinball this last week, some really fascinating behind the scenes. Uh, they did like a reel, a video behind the scenes of the Godfather promotional product launch video. You know that really high polished JJP video they did. They were showing how they used camera work and crane work and processing and and Photoshop and after Effects, all of the all of the cinematic glory and juiciness. They were showing kind of a behind the scenes on how they did that with actors and different. Oh my gosh. Did you see this? No. Oh, you've got to go. You've got to go watch. I've, I've probably watched it 10 times now. It's like just a one minute quick reel, but it's so good. And we also Ken Cromwell over there. The marketing director was kind enough to take some candid photos of Greg and I, when we were doing the featurette filming and he shared those with us. And that was really nice. And we put those on. I saw those. Yeah, Put those on Facebook. It was really sweet of him to think about, hey, these guys would probably appreciate this in the future. So they, he did that for us, and oh, that was, that was really kind. And speaking of the Godfather, we can't talk about the Godfather without making me an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> but apparently, never mind, I was going to say, apparently that's not possible with Godfather games, uh, but people are refusing these offers <laughs> left and right. So this came up this last <laughs> week. Thought such a great theme would it be not the greatest in pinball. I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry. It's just yeah. I still don't understand the decision making. <sighs> Feels like a machete, not even a knife anymore. Okay, I found this interesting this last week. I'm mm. a friend of uh, JJ over at JJ Babich over at Oh yeah. Exchange. Uh, yeah, I've met JJ. He's he's a dealer, and uh, he surprised me with a Facebook post he made which was, I'm going to paraphrase it. It was to the effect of, hey, if anyone wants a Toy Story 4 LE or CE, make me an offer. I have them new in the box. Now, I'm wondering as a dealer if that raises alarm to me much more than the public because when I seen that, I thought to myself, oh, my first thought, this is the dealer mind. My first thought was, Oh, I guess Game Exchange is no longer a JJP dealer. You might need to explain why you would think that, because I to, to the average individual, I don't think it, it makes sense. Exactly. That's why uh, sometimes I, I see things differently because I'm in the lens of a, of a dealer. Because that that uh, sparked interest for me. Because by just simply asking for offers for a game, that very much implies that you're breaking any uh, pricing agreement that you have with. Jersey Jack Pinball, thus breaking the distribution agreement that you have, thus, you know, um, saying, hey, I'm getting rid of my inventory because I'm no longer a JJP dealer. 
because every manufacturer has a floor in which you can uh, you can only sell it for a certain price. And for JJP, it is MSRP. You know, it's a LE for a Toy Story is twelve thousand dollars, and for a CE is fifteen thousand dollars. And you can't give free shipping. So even a, even a dollar below that is breaking the agreement. And typically, these manufacturers, when they when that happens, they will contact uh, the dealer and say, "Hey, cut it out." Or if they've done that too many times before, they could uh, they could drop them. But this seemed pretty overt. So hmm. I thought it was just him walking away from JJP distribution. So that was interesting to me. Okay. Interesting to the public, I would I would guess, right? Uh, that you could make an offer, and it sounds like you could get a deal on a Toy Story 4 LE or CE, at least. It's interesting because uh, there are a couple, couple possibilities. Besides getting out of the distribution game for JJP, one would be that Game Exchange has a different distribution agreement than you do. Mm. Uh, I think that'd be pretty atypical, but conceptually possible. Yeah. Sure. And the other thing is uh, it could be a, eh, I don't really think JJP, like I'm calling their bluff. Mm. I don't think they're actually going to take away my uh, my distribution rights to their brand. And these games are sitting and it's absolutely ridiculous. I've lost way too much capital. So maybe it's kind of a, a uh, I you know, I win either way. They pull my, they pull it. I it's like, I have to sell them so mm. they can do whatever they want. I don't care. Mm. I don't even think that they're going to like, I'm not going to go to the, I'm not going to officially end the contract. I'm just going to do what I want and see if I get a slap on the wrist or they actually do something more substantive or if they keep their mouth shut and understand that they made me buy a whole lot of a turd and I need to get rid of it. I see. Well, and I think this March we've been discussing Dennis and listener, we've been discussing a, a change in some tides when it comes to the pinball industry marketplace. Right, we talked about that last time. How games are now being fulfilled, uh, games are now being inventoried. We're catching up from the global pandemic that was a two couple of years ago. So you're seeing prices start to stabilize. You're seeing games on the secondary market start selling for lower. Right, that's no surprise to no surprise to anybody. But what this also marks is a buyer's marketplace right now. And remember that dealers are essentially buyers as well. But we are buyers of the manufacturer. What I find interesting is that a manufacturer holds pretty much all the cards. They have a lot of the leverage, listener, uh, for us dealers. They, in, in many respects, not in all, but in many respects, whether we like it or not, they set the rules. And what they say goes, or else we're not able to sell their products. And if we don't sell their products as a dealer, then we'll then we no longer have a business unless we're manufacturing our own. Then we're a manufacturer, not a deal. So when push comes to shove, they had a lot of power. They have all of the, uh, they have the majority of leverage. Now, what interests me in this story is that this leverage could potentially change here. Look, look at what's happening. We have a dealer now that's saying, I don't want to sit on these products. So this dealer's sitting on Toy Story products. They don't want to sit on them. Thus, the only way they can move them, I'm assuming here, the only way they can move them is by saying, make me an offer. Even if that goes you know, against my agreement, I need to move some of these products and whether the manufacturer agrees or not, now I've got the leverage in whether or not I want to follow the rules bestowed upon me because you know maybe they're losing money in these situations. And I got to tell you, once you start losing money, 
that perspective changes quite a bit as well. So I think there's more to it than just trying to get rid of some inventory here too. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. And this is something, and we've discussed this. I think we've discussed this on air several times. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not an interview person in the sense that I don't normally interview people like for podcasts in the hobby. Same I've done here, a sure. few, I, I, but very rarely. But I, I'm almost at the point where I would like to interview someone in charge of these uh, contractual arrangement deals with a manufacturer to understand what, why are they written the way they are? Because I think it's really weird and not aligned with other industries I'm familiar with. And I don't know if this is just habit slash legacy slash it's tradition. So this is what we do, mm -hmm. but I can't think, I can't think of another hobby uh, business, I should say industry where they actually tell their distribution channels that they can't sell below a certain price. Well, especially I, I, after a certain term. Uh, well, of time. yeah, yeah. With all within, I I could see like time time limited time that all the those conditions aside, I when it comes time for clearance, this has been a standard thing in all sorts. It's like well, look at the car industry, in, you know, last year's model well, kind of thing. And you get markdowns, reductions. I've I've heard of yeah. Well, no, I mean cars for years, but I mean I even know other. And again, I'm not gonna don't want to bore everyone, but like. In for many of the manufacturers in the in the luxury watch space, for example, when they have a limit, it's on how much you can sell them for. Mm. Like they have rules. The big ones, most of the big ones have rules where if you if you're a dealer and you're caught selling a limited edition above MSRP, you lose your contract. Oh, I see. Not your place to gouge. Mm. And uh, that's probably because they don't want that manipulating the secondhand market because having these things become more valuable is very advantageous to them, but it doesn't work if the people, the distribution is actually doing that, manipulating it. That's but they're true. allowed to sell, like if you have product and you can't get rid of it, you can sell it for whatever price you want below MSRP. I, you know, I respect and appreciate a floor. I think it manages and balances things wonderfully. So I am pro floor and I am pro no ceiling. So I, I actually like that, but the modification that I think could be made or maybe should be made is that after a certain period of time, uh, rules should loosen up a bit in efforts to continue sales through your distribution chain. Because if your dealers aren't buying anything, then what the hell are you going to do? You can't produce anything. Now, the one caveat here is that, remember, listener, Jersey Jack Pinball sells direct. So... You know, uh, do they necessarily care if a game exchanger flipping out pinball or whoever, you know, enter in another dealer name? Do they care if they don't buy products from them? I would argue yes, but it makes it a little bit more tricky whenever they're selling direct and they're the competition to their distribution network uh, altogether, which I always have an issue with. But like well, Toy Story 4... Not that I think you should be able to sell it for as much as you want, but I think a couple things could happen because that is not their newest unit because they are no longer producing them. I think then terms should change to, Hey, you can now reduce it to, you know, another 500, another thousand if you want. And I also believe that for those dealers uh, that are in good terms, a good business relationship would look something like, Hey, you're one of our top dealers. Hey, you buy a lot of products for us. We know you're sitting on inventory and we see that you have evidence that because of that, we would like to uh, 
um, allow you to drop the, the price of, of this particular title. Uh, and then also we want to reimburse you half of what you're dropping it and we'll reimburse you that pricing rolling into our next product or our current product that we can offer you for sale right now. Some type of reimbursement in efforts to have that. Cause all right. Manufacturers, their biggest goal is for dealers to inventory games, whether this board is boring the hell out of listeners or not. I'm sorry, but uh, this is the expertise that I am within. So manufacturers do not want onesie twosies is what they call us. Uh, us being the, the Royal us dealers that don't inventory games when dealers just buy one or two, every time, a, you know, Joe calls me and says, Hey, I want a uh, game X. And I say, okay. And I call manufacturer. Hey, I need game X sent to Joe, right? That is <laughs> manufacturers do not want that because then why aren't they just selling it direct? What manufacturers want is they want one fiftieth of the amount of customers that they would get if they sold everything direct. And they just want dealers because they know dealers are going to buy 10, 50, 100 of a unit, and they're going to inventory it. They're not going to expect to be able to sell it on launch day, but as they build them, they will inventory them so that people walk into their, their building and they play games in the showroom. Hey, I want one of these. Okay. We got them in the back. We'll load you up. That is what manufacturers want. So that's our goal. So if main or if dealers are doing that well, and inventorying things, there should come a certain point where I turn around and my back is scratched a little bit in this business relationship. And that is to say, hey, we've got your back when you had ours. Oftentimes in, th- in this industry, it is it is very much a one-way street it, for a lot of these manufacturers. And I'll still say it uh, until I turn blue in the face. For whatever people want to say, Stern Pinball does the best job. Uh, and it's not close at taking care of their, taking care of their dealers. So it it goes beyond just what JJ is doing here. I find it very very interesting. Again, I could see a lot of different. All right, I'm going to do it in two pieces. So I could see I, I see your argument on why you wouldn't want an agreement that uh, said you couldn't go over MSRP, for example. We saw that with the car industry during the pandemic. They went over a lot of the dealers went over MSRP because there was the demand. Yeah. Some of them will probably be punished by consumers at this point because they'll remember who gouged. Exactly. uh, I think it's self-balancing. And so it's self-balanced. So I understand that. So again, while I know in watches, that's very rare. It is common in other things. Why are you okay with the floor? The minimum what? sale price on the floor. I don't understand that. The market would control that. So no. why do you need market protection on a floor? Uh, as a consumer, maybe uh, I don't see the bigger picture and I'd be okay with that. But as a dealer myself, because it, it undervalues a product. It but takes, it's not a luxury good. at. I mean, it's not even a luxury good. So who cares? Yeah, but Nothing else is shielded like this. Even cars, even high end cars no, I think get what, to be sold for a lower price eventually. What that oftentimes reinforces, in my opinion is somebody that has no value in a product and they're just pushing quantity. So I've seen that sometimes in arcades. Arcade is sometimes, I I don't like diving into arcade stuff because there are a couple dealers out there. First off, arcade is a whole nother episode we could talk about, about the archaic distribution system and the, the, not that I won't use the good old boys term, but like there's one person that sells everything to other dealers and those dealers sell to other. It, it is archaic and it's ridiculous. But what arcade also fails to do is they don't value their products. So they might have a floor, but they don't reinforce it. So a dealer might come out and sell an arcade game to their consumer for $5 more than their cost. 
So okay. at that point, when you're doing that, it's not reinforcing the best dealer. It's reinforcing the person who doesn't give a shit about value and just wants to push product and won't necessarily follow up, won't be a good support system in the future for the product. So I, that is a bad deal to me. That, that, that. I, I don't see why we need contractual protection on that. The market should be able to suss that out then. Like if you're getting bad support because and you but you chose that because you only wanted to pay five dollars over true cost, then and that someone decided they can stay in business doing that. I don't I don't understand the I don't understand the problem. I don't understand why that is more important than just saying, let's not have a floor, have the market sorted out, and then when people need to clearance and get rid of Toy Story 4s, it's no big deal. I think they, that they clearance it. Pinball would sell direct for manufacturers before it would do that, and rightfully so. It would be a mess. I'm not it's sure It's the same why. reason that Apple doesn't. You can't sell Apple products for whatever the hell you want. But you see, but currently, keep a value the, the, on floor, the floor thing doesn't, doesn't change what the manufacturers want. They want, in fact, you would, I, maybe I'm wrong. But my assumption is distribution in pinball would be more likely to stock more games if they knew they had full control on dropping the price to whatever they wanted after you want to put in a time limit, put in a time limit of like six months or a year, but that they can, you know, that they can clear them out without being stuck at, you know what, you can't ever go below $12,000 on this game. Mm. That doesn't make any sense. I would say the margins and distribution of pinball are not high enough. JJP (laughs) is saying there's no depreciation, which is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Accounting would mandate there be depreciation. Sure. So the notion, this is an artificial prop. It is a crutch. Plus, I think that you can't can't go floor either because of the time it takes to manufacture product. Like, it takes I, I, so I still don't long get it. If JJP be- wants to, they get the money when they sell and they sell the value in the distribution network to them is like you buying 30 games rather than them trying to sell one offs to 30 different standalone people. And again, you we see this in other industries. You can go to a manufacturer's website in all sorts of industries and pay full MSRP and all of their distribution networks offer discounts. Mm. So it always makes more sense to go through the distribution. But if, if money's what you care about, but mm-hmm. But and it doesn't break them. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think. Well, the this, other thing is, they're. I think this is a legacy thing. They're still charging a lot of these manufacturers. Still charging dealers non-refundable deposits when they put in an order, regardless of mm-hmm. the damn game takes two years to to make. That is a lot of working capital just sitting a interest-free yes. loan that these manufacturers are uh, are taking. And no if they're doing asked. that, there shouldn't be a floor. You mm. should be able to say, you know what? I got my game two years later. It's not worth what it was anymore. Let me at least make a little bit of money. Let me take a loss and let me have my cash back. Mm-hmm. Because I think this is going to, here's my theory. You know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Here's my theory. I think after what we saw with Toy Story 4 and now what we're seeing with Godfather and assuming Elton John is next, how many distributors are going to buy orders like they did when they bought Toy Story 4 based off of what they saw with Guns N' Roses at this point, knowing that there are all these archaic rules that say, hey, when, if you're stuck with 20 games in inventory, you're never, ever, not ever, never, 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 Wii U, never, Wii U, allowed to go <laughs> below this Wii ridiculous Wii. overpriced $12,000 threshold. Yeah, I, I, it's I was going to say, I, can, I only speak business. for myself. But I think I speak for a lot of dealers out there that that would say that whether it's JJP or whatever manufacturer, every new release, because of the market of what it is now versus six months ago or two years ago, 
we're going to be a little bit more cautious on making uh, orders for products or how many we are ordering or how many we're capable of inventorying because that's the main goal. How many we're capable of inventorying? Uh, I'm going to be very hard pressed with um, if, if I'm selling for a manufacturer and I've got three of their most recent releases uh, chronologically still in stock. Uh, yeah, it, <laughs> I'm very hesitant on how many I order for this next uh, released title, honestly. I mean, my, my, for me, the long and the short of it is, I think if they would change this model, they would sell more games to distributors and then distributors won't feel like they're over a barrel. I think there's some. I think some, it's win-win to change this. Sure. I, this is not the proper. I think way there's to some contract. easy modifications to make in there without going all the way one way or the other. Some nice modifications uh, that is a nice in between. Uh, that I think it's okay to do steps. Like yes, exactly. Uh, like again, I I can totally understand saying you you can't that there's a floor for a set period of time. Sure. For example, if they want a middle ground, but acting like Led Zeppelin, you know, going over to Stern is the same value as it as with all the price increases that keep hitting all their other games at this point. It's it's still it's it's not the real world. They're living in a fantasy world. Yeah, but they're they're charging dealers the same amount. I know. But once and, and that if they want to do that, that's fine. But you as a dealer at some point should be allowed to not risk your contract and have the flexibility to get rid of that crap. Mm, I see. That's where I'm at without doing stupid. I mean, think. I mean, I, I've heard about the stupid nonsense that I'm not saying you've done this, but I've heard about the stupid nonsense where people are just like, oh, I'll just tear open the top of the box. Oh, now it's used. Okay, sure. Here we go. Just stupid crap. Don't what people should have to play games that, you know, to get, get rid it. of unwanted product. <laughs> Dealers Let them do fire sale do. it. Yeah. There should be the ability to fire sale and it shouldn't affect your contracts. I'm sorry, pinball. I know this is expensive stuff. You're not even a luxury good. Oh, this is, you, an, opera- this is an operating. This is operating operator based to, i mean we're necessity because, no yes let me we tell, are let me all right oh no i'm on i'm on my roll i'm on my roll zach all right so because here's the thing if this was truly a luxury product <laughs> this is we we've seen this with with pinball they've struggled oh, they've struggled mightily zach they've struggled mightily with people whining about clear coat and ghosting and chipping <laughs> and everything else because they're like well it's it's meant to be operated they still hide behind that we see this <laughs> we still convenient. see this promotional yeah. video with venom and the le model with visible very visible spot welds a luxury product would never do that oh this is not Look this is not Chevy. It's not I'm just saying that they never up their quality. It's just they do it like it's going to be operated. So they clearly don't want to build to the level that a uh, high level uh, luxury sophisticated good would be. Uh so be it that it's expensive as moot. So quit acting home, like you're special. You're pen. not special. You're making common wasn't goods the, here. Wasn't that making common thing? goods. Wasn't that pen for every home? Cars home for don't every do pen. this. Ridiculous. Well, terrible you know, model. That, uh, that goes now you ever say, got into I this it absolutely a, blows my mind. And flipping out pinball, we you know we want to offer what we can. So matching, you know, if we got to if we got to match another offer out there, uh, okay. It's like there's like zero price flexibility in this hobby. So it all everyone's just coming down to which like who treats you nicer, and then and what ends up happening is well they're all kind of nice. So mm-hmm. everyone tries to dance around the seams and be like that's where it used to be like eh, I might be able to throw you a little little shaker motor Ooh, there. And now yeah. no, you can't even do that. Now it's just have to. Motor. It's silly. It's absolutely silly. Oh, you heard it here. Flipping out pinball. Make me an offer. 
on your JJP Toy Story for Ellie. CE, hell throwing some Godfather, Ellie. Bye, bye, bye. I don't have any CE. I got one CE, but whatever. Uh, and then uh, GNR, I got some GNR, Ellie's. Make us an offer. Still? Yeah, GNR? I do. That's like, yeah. that's like a, a couple. Baby's Not many, toy. It's but so I do have a couple. So make Back us to the future an reference. offer. Unless, of course, JJP says I can't do that, and then I'll retract that. But for now, make an offer while you can until my wrist gets slapped. Ooh, ouch. Bye, bye, bye! Can we talk about a manufacturer that I don't deal for, maybe? Multimorphic! Oh, wow, we haven't talked about them in a while. Not since uh, Final... What was it? Final Destination? Final... Oh, Final Resistance! Oh, my... I Devin messed that up Sawa. every time. I wish Devin Sawa was in Final Resistance. If Casper could pop up as on the screen... <laughs> We need a, a Casper. Uh, we need a uh, feature-linked film. Devin Sawa and Christina Ricci and uh, Bill Pullman Casper licensed out for Multimorphic. I hear they're getting another license game. Maybe Nick Baldridge is going to work on that. <gasps> mm-hmm. Did you know no. that Nick is officially joining the Multimorphic team as a customer support representative? Yes, he's I in. Did see that? Yep, it's all right. I think it's yeah already in effect. So congratulations, Nick. Um, and last episode, Dennis, we did a an exclusive TPS subscription content bonus episode thing. And we covered a couple of different things. I encourage everyone to sign up to patreon.com slash the pinball show so that you can go back and hear all of those episodes, including the one that we did last week where you and I talked about competitive pinball. We made it interesting, though. We talked about what's wrong with competitive pinball. Dennis and I laid it out for you. Either you follow it and grow as an industry and a hobby, or you don't. I, whatever you want to do. And it may or may not have involved those patented, trademarked competition series pinball machines that Roger Sharp and I are working on. <laughs> what would you do, Dennis? <laughs> what do you mean, what would I if do? If he and I went in, <laughs> in business together. and <laughs> You'd fail, so I don't oh, care. No, he would not. You'd fail. Home for every pen, a pen for every home. What? <laughs> A competition series pin for every location, oh location gosh, for every competition <sighs> series pin is what I'm saying. No, we no. also talked about, so we talked about what's wrong with competitive pinball. Uh, and that's, that's gold in and of itself there. Josh Sharp, I know you're listening. Go ahead. Get out your steno pad. <laughs> Hope it's yellow. Easier on the eyes. Take notes. But we also discussed the rumor that I had heard that Texas Pinball Festival may be a no-go in 2024. Talk amongst yourselves. That's, that was just... That was the the bleeding rumor coming from multiple people uh, when they were hanging out at the Southern Fried Gaming Expo a couple weekends ago. Now, I, I don't know if that's true or not. It's just a rumor. And last I checked, you can throw out whatever info you want. And this is one legit that I did here, but I have, I have no clue if it's true or not. I've had people message us since, Dennis, and say, no, nah, that's not true. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> But other than that, eh. that's a, but then again, I, I hate when it's like, well, this is a rumor. Do you have any evidence that's not true to substantiate? <laughs> oh, fuck off. So who knows? You know, someone had a birthday last week, and they were part of our most sacred, wonderful Screaming Goat Club. <coughs> so we're going to say thank you to all of those members right now. And remember, you yourself, listener, if you're not part of this club, what in the butterscotch are you waiting on? You could be the future demolition derby car you you could there's <laughs> there's so much there my ear daddy my ear 
Yeah. Very an interesting audio to do. You could try. Yeah, there's so much there, and you could be it. All you've got to do is sign up to the Screaming Goat Club membership. You get your own nickname. You get a private correspondence with Dennis and I. Hear all the juice, and it's loose. Uh, behind the scenes, about the rumors, the real rumors, and what's really going on that they don't want you to hear. They don't want you hearing it. I think that's what sells Patreon things. You guys say it like that. So sign up today. Uh, and we'll thank you every episode. You get to come join us on an episode, live Zoom meetings, or you can do the Nordman Club membership, or hell, just the official club membership starting at $10 a month. Do it now. We've got that coming up, uh, I think, maybe on the 30th. We're still planning that. The yeah, live yeah. I'm, I'm going to, that's the day we're going to try and, I'm going to, cool. I'm going to go ahead and schedule it. Use something different than Zoom, though. Okay, cool. So a hangout spot for us live. Uh, usually 8 p.m. Central, August 30th, mm-hmm. likely. Yeah, that's right. the plan. But we got to say thank you to those members, including our birthday boy himself, Bob Kia. <laughs> Happy birthday, fucker. Oh, shoot that fucker. Nicely done. Thanks again, Rodney. And for all of you other people, I, I don't keep up with birthdays. I just so happened to see it was his birthday. So don't shoot me if I miss your birthday or anything. Jablonski, love you, buddy. And I love Shia LaBeouf, too. Where's he at? We need him in another movie. Just do it. Robbie, that sexy little pinball kitten. (laughs) Colin, you're not going to be watered down as a pinball machine, I assure you. Give it time. See if JJP does it right. Thank you, Frank. I hope you cancel your Screaming Goat Club membership nevermore. Is that how that works? <laughs> what are you talking raven, about? A raven and a falcon. But, oh, that link was horrid. It was a stretch, but it, I tried. <laughs> David. Rumble, rumble. Maybe he's the CGC shaker motor. I still think he's a stern spike. What's the difference motor. between the two shaker motors? Like, do I you know? I have no clue. Okay. <laughs> They're all the same. I don't. That's right. <laughs> Blue steel, OEM, red trimmer. Yeah, no, all, red trimmer well, is not the same. Uh, CGC. Someday I'm going to get David upgraded to red trimmer and we'll have the, a great victory. I noticed that the JJP is a, a bit more of a subtle shake. It's, it's nice on the fingertips. Is that because maybe their games are heavier and so it's maybe. harder for it to wiggle, wiggle, wiggle? Yeah, it's a nice little, nice tempo on that. Spookies will just <laughs> Spooky will shake all of the nuts and bolts out of that game. <laughs> Spooky will shake all that hot glue out. Damn, maybe they went all in on the red trimmer. Shit. You gotta felt that glass. Not that you don't hear rattle so it won't break. Shit. Thanks, Dave. Joe Fox. Thank you for being a friend and for dealing with me as a friend. Do you think a fox really sounds like that? I I have you never actually watched videos with foxes? I have, but I just, it's almost like bad lip syncing. I don't believe mm. it. They're very whiny animals. <laughs> oh, sorry, Joe. Charlie, ring-a-ding. Can we replace him with the bell sound from Venom? All right, let's do it. Thanks, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I almost forgot, Dennis. Uh, speaking of the Pinball Show Club membership, we've got an exclusive little discussion this week. For those club members, all about Dutch pinball and their future. Mm-hmm. We saw a little, I felt a little bit of a tease coming in from Craig Bobby talking mm-hmm. about the new partnership with the Art of Pinball. But I thought, you know what? We haven't really talked about the company Dutch Pinball in quite a while. And that's kind of a bit of a rabbit hole. It's not really about, you know, current production stuff per se. So I thought, you know, it makes sense to go ahead and do that maybe as the as the add-on for the for the supporters. Let's dive in. 
since it's that time of the week again, when I go over all of the rising and falling trends in the pinball industry. Mm-hmm. Thus, conveniently, we call it Pinball Market Trends Butterscotch Edition. The Bob Are butterscotches always hard or are they soft? Can they be like caramel? I've ever ever had a soft one. I didn't know if they they, uh, like caramel. You can have it a chewy caramel or you can have like a a toffee, a harder, you know, got to suck on it more. Do you like to suck or bite, Dennis, is what I'm asking. (laughs) You like to poke and twist. Uh, Trending up this week. It's Stern Pinball's James Bond 007. Insert Craig Bobby's happy wife tongue thingy. And that's because, listener, new code. People are loving this new code. 0.95. We got. We still have 0.05 more room, Dennis. More room for wonderful additions and enhancements and polish. Plus the topper. They got the cornerstone topper out now. Sure, it's the same thing as the 60th anniversary topper minus the L1 signature. But still... It's awesome. So you get new code, you get new topper, accessories, you get new accessories to put on this thing. So why wouldn't it be trending up? Also trending up this week, this is more of a future trend. Be on the lookout for Iron Maiden and Avengers Infinity Quest trending. Because now that they're doing Last Call, especially I think Iron Maiden, that's preferred over the Avengers game, wouldn't you say, Dennis? Yeah, I agree. Even though they made a bootload of all of these, uh, you know, I still think that you're going to start seeing supplies dry up a little bit, probably towards the, I would guess, the beginning of next year. You're going to start seeing Iron Maiden uh, go up probably price-wise, and Avengers, for that matter. You know, I was surprised to see that the Avengers LE holding value very well on the secondary market. That was surprising because I listed mine. I was like, oh, this thing is holding up. All's trending up this way. I got to give it. Now, this is, this is just uh, training up by about a dog's hair, and that's Scooby-Doo from Spooky Pinball. Hear me out, Dennis, before you start woo-wooing on this thing. Yeah, this sounds like a trending not any direction, but okay. Yo, it is. L- lie if you need to. <laughs> like, compared to the early summer, numbers don't lie, only report the facts here. Don't shoot the messenger. Shoot the crow. <laughs> Likely, I think this is due to... Why did you make the crow sound like that? <laughs> I don't know what Brandon Lee sounds like. Oh, oh you're trying to do the Brandon Lee Oh, crow. shit. <laughs> I just make a Brandon <sighs> Lee death reference. How did he die again? Wasn't it, it was, on uh, set? Was a, he fell or something? He, uh, no, it was a, it was a gunshot. Oh. Right. I think it was a, a, a miss... I, I, I thought it was a misfire of a prop gun, but <sighs> I... Alec Baldwin's first movie. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, no, that's shit. too soon. I'm really getting deep here. Film shoot gun that was used as a prop was loaded with improperly made dummy rounds. See, I didn't think he had live rounds in it. Yeah, it was improperly made dummy rounds improvised from live cartridges that had the powder charges removed by the special effects crew. So in close-ups, the revolver would show normal-looking ammunition, but they forgot to remove the primers from the cartridges. So one of the rounds got fired. That sounds shady as hell, though. And so even though there weren't powder charges, the energy from the primer was enough to fire the bullet out of the casing, push it uh, partway into the gun barrel where it got stuck. Mm. So it was squib load. So anyway, uh, he uh, he had his... Du- the dummy cartridges had blank rounds in them, and the 
as near as I can tell, what happened was they didn't check and clear the barrel before the blank was fired. So the dummy bullet that stuck in the barrel was propelled forward by the blank's propellant. And then it came out of the muzzle just like it was a live round and hit him, hit him in the chest. How did we get here? You did it. And we learned it from watching you, dad. We learned it from watching you. Scooby-Doo's training up because... No, it's not. Yes, it is. People are actually talking about it more Talking and more about and it's more. irrelevant. Look, it's at the, irrelevant. look at the numbers. Numbers do no. not lie. The, the cost on the secondary the market no today one buying one is higher than that of early summer. Early summer, they were going in the uh, mid-8s. Now, no. They're back up to top 8s, low 9s right now. I think likely that's due to code being continually enhanced as well as just getting more out there to play. People are actually able to play them more at shows uh, oh. or at their buddy's house, location, etc. And, oh, hell, even it's climbing up the Pinside Top 100. It's at 35 right now. Wow, that's pretty high. Yeah, it's higher than a lot of games that we all love. Yeah. Let's go Scooby Scooby-Doo. Look at you. And some other really exciting stuff for Scooby-Doo in the future. They, they have plans to continue working on this code for... I think the next year or so. Will it get to 1.0 before or after James Bond? People still want to poo-poo Halloween, but look at that. That's gone up as well. Ultraman, it hasn't. That game. And they made so few of them, too. I've got one new in box right now. Make me an offer. <laughs> Let's do that. Shit. Okay. All right. Enough of the positivity. Trending down this week is Brandon Lee. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Trending down is... So shitty. The pinball market <laughs> yeah, yeah. in general. I thought you were going to say six feet down. Uh, oh. <laughs> At least you held off. So, uh, the pinball market in general is down. It continues You to just be talked down. about how all these games are going up. Well, the, you know, there are outliers there. There, you know. But the pinball market is not an outlier in general. Generally speaking, we are down. Uh, the, the great deals can be made right now. Um, just it depends on what dealer you're asking, I guess. <laughs> Also trending down this week is Jersey Jack Pinball's Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh-oh. What? Maybe don't run rerun that one right now, JJP. <laughs> yeah, it is. Because everything is coming down, you see the biggest hits, generally speaking, to those uh, the highest price kind of things. They come down mm. exponentially more, and I've seen that in a JJP Pirates of the Caribbean. A couple in the market now that probably would have been mid to upper 20,000s. Lower 20,000s and sitting. So if you want to pull the trigger on a Pirates of the Caribbean, I'd, I'd hold off a little bit longer. you probably get it right under $20,000. <sighs> Maybe not. Maybe right at twenty. now that I think about it. I don't know. I mean, they did make a 1,000 of them. Why not go lower? Yeah, but how many have the triple spinning disc? Uh, five, oh. I think. Did they release those, though, the prototypes? Did those go public? Open your eyes, people. Right under your nose. You know what I do find interesting, though? We were talking about the JJP whole thing. This is out of sorts and out of order here. But when we were discussing that, I'm interested to see what do they do? You, I do you think they come out with a game here soon? A new the new title because once Godfather CEs are are built, what are they going to build? Yeah, I mean, I They're I guess I don't know how, how soon LEs? you mean by soon. I I do think that they release the next game in the fall. Maybe they have it ready to reveal at Expo. Okay. Do you think they're going to reveal something without having games ready? No, I think they might be building them. Right now? 
Sure. Why not? I don't. I They're don't. not moving enough godfathers to not. They oh, might as well keep the line busy. I may agree with that sentiment, but no. I don't. If I were to guess, I don't think that next game's quite ready yet. They have three designers on staff. Come on. I, I, you still have to get parts. You still have yeah, to. Yeah, but we're not in the, we're not in the bottlenecks like we still were. Have to, they were just building. Yeah, but still finishing those. That, I haven't got all my seeds. That's so just I got know a lot of coils. This next game. I don't think they go from. It's just got, I mean, how hard is it to buy a couple thousand tiny dancers? I'm still wondering what happens between now and when they release their game because I don't think that next game, I don't think it's ready yet. And I, no company can afford just sitting and not making anything. Well, I guess you can if you're a billionaire willing to become a millionaire. Well, good point. But that's the one thing that where all these weird decisions to me, weird decisions like bad license choices and all that. I just don't understand half of what JJP does, probably more than half, to be fair. But I mean, if you are being underwritten by someone who has way more money than they know what to do with, I guess you can mess up forever. Look at Twitter. Hey, now. X. Excuse me. X. X. Like it's a body spray for them. Perms. X body spray. It is. It smells of rich mahogany burning. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's just Craig Bobby. Someone set him on fire. Put him out. Stop, drop, and roll, Craig. His perm is up in flames. Pinball bounty. Uh, You guys failed yet again. I, I picked me up a Star Trek Ellie. I found one. Actually, a a friend of the show, listener, said, hey, I heard your bounty, and uh, I've got one. If you're wanting one, I'm I'm letting go of a couple games. So I went and picked it up. So I'm in a Star Trek So if they heard it on the show, how is that a failure on the bounty? Well, it's a failure to the people who did not find me that Star Trek alley. But but only one person could find it, and they did. Yeah, we cut out the middleman. We didn't, I didn't have to offer (laughs) a bounty. Cut out the middleman. Which I don't approve of. No floors. You are the middleman. I love the floors. Granite floors. I love the Mariba floors. Let's keep the floors around. Pinball floors for life. Yeah. So I got my Ellie. It's off the table. Dolly Parton, Radical, Congo. Find me a minty one. Well, why don't people want my minty whirlwind? Damn. Taking a loss. You're probably asking too much for it. I, I've got 12 in it and I'm asking 9999. So all the Germans keep telling me when I show them. Nine. They don't want it. Maybe you need to put the 2.0 kid in it. <laughs> the poop monster. <laughs> you gotta yes. get the poop monster in it. Suey! <laughs> shit and turd monster. <laughs> Speaking of grandmas, I wonder if Granny and Suey are together now. <laughs> Tonguing each other. Oh, God. As always, people, I'm just here to report the pack. The packs. <laughs> I'm here to report the packs. As always, people, I'm just here to report the facts because numbers don't lie, and neither do I, nor does Dennis. On pinball market trends. Where are you at, Raven? Maybe the Raven's going to be the official bird of this show. We're always talking about birds. Dennis? That's true. Your to- your crow toe and ever That's since right. then. It's been a mess. Sucking on a crow toe. We need to bring that back. That was like episode nine. That's right. That's like, we still had Ken Cromwell on this show. Where can people catch you? Well, it's easiest if they want to reach out to me about something to email me at eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail.com. Now without rumor corner. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've had so many complaints. 
<laughs> so like, guys, let it go. That's what makes me so happy is seeing that you're holding on to it. <laughs> it's just like, maybe if we whine enough. You know what? I'll tell you what. Maybe oh if uh, EGP's Patreon gets up to 60, I can I bring it back. Say, How about you know that? what? There Make you it part of your EGP Patreon. It's like, it's a whole lot. Yeah, I thought about that. I thought about just putting it behind the $1 paywall, but $1. I'll, I'll probably get messages saying, you know, you should really only do a 50 cent paywall. That's right. If you if you had it at fifty cents, I would have. But I would even have told my grandma to join. Mm-hmm. And our next EGP episodes are two hundredth, actually. So. Congratulations! Yes, yes. Been at it too long, too long, too old. Mm-hmm. Any spe- anything special? I don't think you guys said you're no. Gonna, you said nothing. Just no. I mean, not not that we're like we're not like doing something asking the listeners to do stuff or oh, anything. People love I hate, that. I hate that stuff. <laughs> I know. People can email us at the pinball show at gmail.com. They can go and follow us on uh, Facebook, on TikTok. Uh, they can join us on the Discord by being a Patreon member. Remember, that's patreon.com slash the pinball show, where you get mm-hmm. behind the scenes uh, info and, and we chat on Discord. We just have fun. It's a way to support, uh, a way to support Dennis and I's efforts and, and the show in general and to grow. Also, follow, like, and subscribe to Straight Down the Middle. Hopefully, we're recording here soon. No rubber band episode. But, uh, what? No, not, not yet. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's for the Patreon people. <laughs> I don't even have a Patreon over there. Sponsor of this show is Flipping Out Pinball. When I buy my pinball shit, I buy from Flipping Out. From toppers or plagiarians, I've got it figured out. Flipping Out, figured out. When I think of pinball, I think Flipping Out. Get a meth. Yeah, product showcase this week. Apparently, it's JJP Games. <laughs> hey, mm. hey, you got an offer. We'll see if we can refuse it. For all your JJP Games, come to Flipping Out Pinball. Shoot us over an offer. We'll tell you if it's enough. Avengers LE, we have pre-owned in stock. Whirlwind, my restored one. I'm selling that. Spider-Man Vault, pre-owned at Joel Engelbert's right now. Pick it up in Indianapolis. Cactus Canyon SE Plus spot right now. Fathom Revisited Mermaid Edition, on the last episode, I was looking for a spot that I had that was already in a plane. That got sold, so nicely done. Uh, but we do have a spot or two for our last batch of them coming toward the end of the year. So if you guys are up for the wait and you're still looking for a Mermaid Edition, you know what's odd? I still have a couple of those. I didn't advertise them much, but I still have a couple of those. Uh, but we ran out of Centaur spots, so we are sold out. So if you're wanting a Centaur revisited from Haggis Pinball, go directly to them. They'll take care of you. Hot Wheels Classic by American Pinball. We have that. We just got in Queen. Dennis? Oh. Yeah, some Rhapsody editions. Just got those in. James Bond Pro and Premium. Come get it. James Bond 007 60th anniversary. We have new and pre-owned. I think we're down to one new one. We recently sold a new, uh, We had two new ones left. We have one more. Avengers Premium and Pro. Last call, baby. So get your Avengers Premium and Pro, as well as Iron Maiden Pro and Premium. Last call. Foo Fighters Pro and Premium. We have the Premiums. In stock now, as well as Jurassic Park Pro and Premiums, Turtles Premium. That was a last call, not making that anymore. Godfather LE, make a deal. Alien LV in stock, Jurassic Park Home Editions, and Star Wars Home Editions. Remember, that was the last call. They're discontinuing those as well. We added things to the Flippin' Out Vault. So go to the flippinoutpinball.com. Go to the vault page and see some goodies uh, that you're not going to see probably anywhere else, such as the Stranger Things replacement projector, Guardians of the Galaxy Pro still new in the box. Holy moly. The Ghostbusters Firehouse mod by Wolf Cub. <sighs> Don't wait in line. Get it now. The Black Knight Sword of Rage limited edition vinyl. 
We've got Toy Stories, Ultraman's Halloween, pre-owned Mandalorians, Star Wars Pro, Led Zeppelins, all of the accessories that you could want, toppers, art blades, shakers, banners, whatever it is, player mats, escaleras, flipping out with friends, hell will sell you Joel Lingo birth. <laughs> Poor Joel. Hey, he was streaming Godfather this past week. And this upcoming week on Wednesday, he's pr- I think he's going to do a talk, a talk pinball show. I want you to join that again, Dennis. That was... It's always entertaining mm-hmm. when you're there. I'm I'm usually a selection of absolute last resort. I know. I remember he said that the other week I was talking to him. He's like, and Dennis thinks he's the last resort now. And I just, he's always. Yeah, because I am. Yeah, he's and like, I understand it. I'm probably oversaturated, quite frankly, as it is. He said he's so busy. And every time I, I felt bad asking him, but now he thinks he's a backup. And I am the backup. <laughs> you're the Nord man. What, uh, what happened last week on TPN? Well, we only had two podcasts that came out since our rumor fatigue episode oh, of the Pinball right. Show. So Pinball Innovators and Makers podcast that had episode 10. That was the, the Pinball Reborn mm. was the was the title of that. Yep. And uh, because it was about Pinball Reborn. And then Free Play, as you mentioned, the interview with Dwight Sullivan just came out a few days ago. Love you, Dwight. This week on TPN, I think we're going to get a pinball party. And Yay! Probably due for a final round and a triple drain. This would seem to be, yeah, about time for. I think this next uh, this next two week period is probably going to be pretty sizable. Would be my guess. Yes, yes, sizable, but no news. But hey, that's where you can have these fun discussions, like our paywall protected Dutch pinball discussion. I agree, and I think coming up on our next episode of the pinball show, we'll likely be hearing from uh, from one of the Screaming Goat Club members as we have them aboard for a segment as well as one of our TPS members choosing a segment for us to discuss. So mm-hmm. more on no. that. I'm curious what topics they'll want us to I talk know. about. Don't blow it, guys. But until then, Dennis, you got any words of wisdom for these people? Well, more of a, a plea, really. So if you bought Dwight Sullivan a cookie, please <laughs> reach out to him. Release him from this living hell. <laughs> I guarantee it's a peanut butter cookie. And always practice safe pinball. And apparently getting more youth into pinball, I guess, is what we want. But then again, if these little idiots are going to be sporting ugly-ass perms and gold-laced clutches, what's next? White gloves when they're playing in their competitive tournaments? What is this? Get out of my arcade. It looks so pretty like a devil. It's me.